Hello, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of American Metal IM. My name's Adam. How's it going? Are you having a good week so far? Still pretty early. But by the time this podcast comes out, it'll probably be later in the week than it is right now. So, um, hopefully you're doing okay. Hopefully nothing bad happens between now and the release of this podcast so you can listen to it and enjoy it. That would make me happy. I, I like making people happy, contrary to what might, some people might say about me. I don't know if anyone's actually saying that. I don't think anyone is. I don't think anyone questions whether I'm trying to make people happy or not. I think they I think I have the average amount of uh, personality that would try to make people happy. I don't think I'm above or below that. Anyway, I saw an interview recently with uh Danny Filth and I don't I'm not I don't really remember what the interview was about. It might have been an old interview, I'm not sure. But uh that's not important. What I what I was gonna say is that I'm gonna do a little bit more research, but I'm gonna say right now I think Danny Filth and Haley Joe Osmond are the same guy. Alright, I said it. It's out there. Prove me wrong. Someone prove me wrong on that. Alright. I was happy to hear the news that High and Fire won a Grammy for Best Metal Performance for their album Electric Messiah or or not album, I'm sorry, their their song Electric Messiah. Uh, That makes me pretty happy. I've been a High on Fire fan for a long time and uh, they were up against Between the Buried and Me, Trivium, Under Oath, and Deaf Heaven. I never heard of Deaf Heaven. Maybe I should give them a listen. What's Deaf Heaven? Is that like where deaf people go when they die? I don't know. I'll have to look up what the origin of their name is as well. But uh, I saw High and Fire in Buffalo like, uh, like probably sometime around 2009, I think. And uh, it was really good. It was at a small venue. I think it was an offshoot show off of a bigger tour that they were on. And uh, I had a good time at that. A buddy of mine and I went to it. And there was other people I knew at the show too, which was, it's always kind of cool when that happens. But good for them. Congratulations, High on Fire, on their Grammy win. I didn't watch the Grammys. Um, not out of protest or anything. I just didn't watch it. But... I was uh, happy to hear that news. I listened to some of Children of Bodom's new album that's coming out in March. I think it's I think it's March eighth is the release date for that, and it sounds pretty awesome. Um, the Children of Bodom has uh, you know they've experimented with new sounds over the last few albums, and this album sounds a little bit more like it's back to. Uh, a bunch of melodic instrumentals going on and things like that. So I'm pretty excited about it, actually. I'm I'm pretty excited to check it out. But I saw an interview with one of the band members, and I'll say one of the band members for right now. And I was watching, and I was like, well, who's this guy? And it was Alexi Leho. <laughs> he, uh, you know, it's about time that guy aged a little bit. 
you know, he's been he's been this like eternal 17-year-old for like 50 years and he just recently apparently he's starting to look more like an adult man. So, good for him. He looks good. But the song I heard a little bit from is called uh Hecate's Nightmare or maybe Hecate's Nightmare might be about a Spanish guy I don't know uh, but it sounds like it's going to be a pretty good song I haven't heard the whole thing but uh, I like there seems to be this little keyboard intro that sounded pretty cool and then it was into uh, classic Bodum guitar playing and vocals so that's pretty cool and I think I saw a thing uh, on another note. I think I saw a thing about Ozzy again. I think he's back in the hospital. So I guess he's not through this sickness as I once thought. And uh, so, but no news there as of yet. But we'll hope for the best, I guess. And hey, check it out. Uh, I guess Lars Ulrich from Metallica is selling his mansion. So if you got an extra twelve million dollars, there's a there's a piece of rock and roll memorabilia for you. You know, it's a whole house. You can show it off to your friends. You know, all your friends probably just have like posters and stuff. You got like you're you're like, look, I got Lars's house. You know, that'd be cool. You know, when when you look through these metal sites, there's always like one or two articles every week probably of some guy from some band that was uh that was worried about his music getting popular like isn't <laughs> i just i feel like that's kind of arrogant to be like man i'm i'm so awesome i'm i'm worried people are going to like me <laughs> i know that's that's sort of not what they're trying to say but that's that's one way of looking at it right i don't know Okay, I have uh, a list of different... Uh, last time I did Black Metal Crimes on the last podcast, and now this is just crimes in hard rock and metal, period. And this is a top 12 list from loudwire.com. Uh, number 12 is Ozzy. Uh, when he... In 1982, uh, he peed on the Alamo. I think everyone recalls that, or at least has heard about it. And he was arrested on charges of public urination and public intoxication. And he was released on $40 bond and banned from performing in the city for a decade. The city of San Antonio, that is. Number 11, Michael Todd of Coheed and Cambria. Uh, apparently he went into a drugstore and showed the clerk a, a cell phone in which he had a note on it that said he was going to detonate a bomb unless he received Oxycontin. And he the, the clerk gave him six bottles of Oxycontin, apparently. And he took a taxi to Comcast Center where he was later arrested. This was in Mansfield, Massachusetts. He was sentenced to one year of home confinement and three years of probation. And last year, he was kicked out of the band and admitted to scamming fans by promising to sell rare Coheed memorabilia he didn't actually possess. 
Is that is that would that even be worth that much? I don't know. Is Coheed and Cambria? I know they're popular, but how much money would he get for rare memorabilia? I wonder. I don't know. And then uh, this is Gull. Uh, Gull Gull makes quite a few appearances on this podcast lately. I haven't tried to. I I don't even mention the name Gorgoroth usually, but he winds up on these lists of people who've done bad things. <laughs> uh. In 1998, uh, he joined Gorgoroth. I guess they were a band before that. And it says their stage show features impaled sheep sometimes, satanic symbols, and mock crucifixions. I would hope they're mock crucifixions, right? And uh, it says in 2002, he took things a little too far. And he was incarcerated for 11 months for assaulting a man... And again, in 2005, when he was in prison for nine months after allegedly torturing another man for six hours, collecting his blood in a cup and threatening to make him drink it. So he was actually arrested twice for for assaulting another human being. Uh, and then it, it says that he thought he, he was acting in self-defense. Uh, so maybe he was attacked. And then he took his attacker and tortured his attacker, apparently. That's according to Gull. I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. So I'm not going to I'm not gonna make any assumptions on that. Okay, Ronnie Radke uh, from Escape the Faith and Falling in Reverse uh, says it's a post-hardcore outfit. I like that outfit. <laughs> And uh, in 2006, he was involved in an altercation in his hometown of Las Vegas that led to the fatal shooting of an 18-year-old male. Although Radke didn't pull the trigger, he was indicted on battery charges and sentenced to four years in prison after failing to report to his parole officer. Radke created what would eventually become Falling in Reverse while imprisoned and was released after two and a half years. So he made a band in prison. That's where Falling in Reverse comes from. Falling in Reverse is just like falling backwards. Maybe it's like a maybe it's like an uplifting band. It sounds like they're doing trust falls. You know? And it says he's since been arrested twice for domestic abuse and aggravated assault. Alright. Number eight, Chuck Berry. Ooh, I think uh if you don't know about this one you'd you might be disappointed to hear about it. <laughs> um, says, uh, four years after being inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986, so I guess this was in 1990, uh, says, uh, 59 women sued Barry after it was discovered he had installed a video camera in the women's restroom at a Missouri restaurant he owned. Oh, I didn't know he owned the restaurant that this happened in. I guess that would help you uh, be able to pull something like this off if you own the place, you know. You own the place, you can put cameras wherever you want. Apparently not in toilets, though. Um, along with 62 grams of marijuana. Oh, pl- oh, police found the tapes along with 62 grams of marijuana. Barry avoided child abuse charges by pleading guilty to a misdemeanor drug charge. And given six months suspended jail sentence. 
He said the camera was installed to catch a worker suspected of stealing. Hmm. Where they... I don't know how you would catch someone stealing with the cameras in those positions, but... I don't know. I'm not a restaurant owner, so... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know how to catch people stealing. I don't know. Todd Harrell, Three Doors Down, the bassist of Three Doors Down, uh, recent years, has the spotlight has been flashing red and blue more often than not, it says. That's a, that's a good writing line there. Within two years, the rock star had been arrested on three DUI-related charges. Wow, in two years? That's not good. And unfortunately, his most recent in Nashville resulted in the death of another driver. Ooh, I didn't know that. Earlier in 2014, Harold was ordered to house arrest until he faced trial for the vehicular homicide charges. And there's no word on what happened at the trial, if it's happened yet. I'm not sure. Tim Lambesis of As I Lay Dying, I think you know this one, was charged with a felony for allegedly attempting to solicit an undercover detective to murder his wife of eight years. Despite his claims that steroids altered his mind, Lambesis was sentenced to six years in prison just 11 days after his arrest. I hate it when people blame steroids. I mean, of all the drugs, I don't know. I mean, I've never been on steroids, so I don't know what you feel like on them, but it seems like there was other things at play here. I feel like most people that do steroids aren't uh, trying to murder their wife. But what do I know? Maybe there's a whole... Maybe there's a whole slew of steroid users murdering their wife. I'm not sure. Uh, Sid Vicious. Uh, I think you you probably know this one already, too. Uh, he was charged with murdering his girlfriend, Nancy Spungen. I think that's how you pronounce that. I feel stupid for not knowing how to pronounce that name because she's kind of a famous person, but whatever. Uh, at their hotel in New York in 1978. Uh, it says there are claims that a drug dealer might have done it, though. And investigators were convinced enough to charge the Sex Pistols bassist with second-degree murder. However, after he pled not guilty and was released on bail, Vicious died of a heroin overdose before a trial could take place. So, I guess we'll never know how that actually happened. Uh, number four, Phil Spector. Uh, he's a producer... Credited with creating the Wall of Sound production method in the 60s, which was a pretty revolutionary way of recording for the time. And he recorded the Ronettes and the Beatles' 1970 album Let It Be. And he's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. And he is 74 at the time of this article. I'm not sure what year this article came out. Uh, but he was convicted of second-degree murder for shooting actress Lena Clarkson at his home in Alhambra, California, in 2003. He's serving 19 years to life in prison. Wow, I never knew that. So you learn you learn new stuff when you read, right? Just like, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy from Reading Rainbow in Star Trek, you know? Uh, whatever. Alright, Gary Glitter. But you... Let's see. I don't know who Gary Glitter is. Who is he? Uh, you may not know glam rocker Gary Glitter. 
but you definitely know his biggest hit, the Sports Arena Anthem Rock and Roll Part 2. Okay, I don't know that either. But Glitter's legacy has become has been forever tarnished by his repeated convictions for possession of child pornography. Ooh, twice. In England in 1997 and in Vietnam in 2006. If you, if you possess child porn in Vietnam, you're probably just up to no good all around, right? And he was convicted of child abuse in 1999. Uh, he was released from a Vietnamese prison in 2008. But Glitter, who is listed on in the UK's sex offender register for life, was arrested again in 2012 for more alleged offenses. Wow. He just, just won't quit, I guess. All right. Number two is Varg. What, what do they got him on here for? Sentenced in 1994 to 21 years in prison. The murder and arson... Oh, so for both things. Allegedly, uh, he had a hand in burning down three Christian churches in Norway, and the following year, he fatally stabbed Mayhem guitarist Euronymous and was sentenced to 21 years in prison, but released on parole in 2009. So he got out, what is that, like, let's see, 94. He should have got out in 2015. He got out in 2009. He got out six years early. Uh, he lives in France and maintains that he killed Euronymous in self-defense and didn't burn any churches, although he supported it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that he that he denies burning churches. That's a, that's a new development in my brain. All right. Number one, Ian Watkins. I don't know who this is, so I'm just going to read through the... The little, the little section here. As the frontman and founding member of Welsh rock band Lost Prophets, Ian Watkins cultivated a fervent following, but in late 2012 became abundantly clear that he had used that position to exploit his young female fans, sexually abuse children, and even conspire to rape a one-year-old girl. Wow. Hmm. All right, well, that's... That's not good. After two female accusers came forward, Watkins, now 37, was charged with possession of child pornography and an extreme depiction of bestiality. In December 2013, he was sentenced to 29 years in prison and six years on extended license. Hmm. Well, that's... Yeah, these are, these are people who play music in our society. You know? They uh they have a job that many of us would kill to have, not literally. I mean, some of these people have murdered people, so I don't want to use that that phrase lately. But uh, yeah, and that, you know that's what they do with it. You know, so whatever, whatever. All right. Uh, my email is americanmetalim at gmail dot com. I'm on Instagram as Adam from New York, and I'll talk to you later. Uh, have a good day. Bye.